This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I hadn't seen a story as long as a uh, Fred Mello story yesterday in the Pioneer Press. I haven't seen a story this long in a long, long time. Uh... And it's a story about young people who want more housing density, taller buildings, apartments on top of apartments, street-level retailers, tap rooms in residential areas, public transit to connect it all, and they want better bike lanes. And there's a picture here of a young fellow named Tom Baskin uh, posing uh, in the bicycle lane on Cleveland Avenue in St. Paul. Uh, he's right up by Cecil's there in Highland Park. He uh, Baskin is the treasurer of something called Sustain Ward 3, an advocacy group that supports construction of the bike lanes on Cleveland Avenue. Let me pause right there. About 10 days or so ago, we made the observation, this probably has been one of the best biking winters in memory. Yes. There's nothing on the ground. Right. I don't see any bicyclists. Uh, I, occasionally, I'll see one, but I do not see the 15 fat, tired bicycles going up and down the streets. These are people called Yimbies, as in Yes in My Backyard, advocates for urban development who prefer pedestrian-friendly streets and sidewalks over parking lots. They have turned their backs on suburban-style housing and retail designed for cars, but they embrace the prospects for a 100-unit apartment building next to a transit station. Uh, You could say they're the opposite of a NIMBY, as in Not in My Backyard. Then there are the numb tots. <laughs> what? You heard oh, of the numb tots? A numb oh, tot? I, I've been called a numb nuts. The new urbanist <laughs> meme transit-oriented teen community what? on Facebook. The new yeah. urbanist meme transit-oriented teen community on Facebook. Twin Cities numb tot has grown to six hundred, you know, seven hundred sixty-one members. Do do a different story. These are all <laughs> these are all dumb kids, Joe. Who cares what they want? Here's why I'm doing it. You're not going to take the train to Home Depot and buy 80 bleeping two-by-fours so you can remodel your house so you can force the equity, you yeah. dumb, stupid brat. Settle, settle uh, down. All right. Settle yeah. down. Kenny, there's, 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 chiming there's, in with there's you. There's a very important I'm reason. Yeah. There's a very important reason all right. for this coming up. I'm sorry. Uh, this is the result of continuing to elect people who rule from the salon. This. Numtot group, you're right. They're kids, and you shouldn't pay any attention to them. But why then, with 761 members, are they getting one of the longest stories ever seen published in the Pioneer Press? Why is such a small percentage of the Twin Cities population? I'm talking about cyclists. Right. Why do they get so much attention? Why do they? And so much money spent 
on them. I'm not opposed to bicycling. No. Why I do they? That's I, I, I don't you care. Know what? That is the question, Such. Why? And why are 761 teenagers who don't have families, don't have meaningful jobs yet, have no designs on a house apparently, don't have children, why are they getting one of the longest stories I've ever seen published in the Pioneer Press? In Minneapolis, and we're going to get to this, I, I, I keep promising to put this show together, and I have not forgotten, in Minneapolis, if not in St. Paul, they have this Lisa Bender program called Minneapolis 2040, which is going to do away with all zoning in Minneapolis for purposes of turning single-family home neighborhoods into no. into no. what in shush into oh. whatever developers oh. want to put there, uh, oh. yeah, triplexes, apartment buildings, oh. whatever on the grounds that uh, the likes of Lisa Bender, ruling from the Salon, believe that it believes that a single family home represents some sort of patriarchy that has been historically unfair and yes, racist. In other words, you have a nice home, you live over on Minnehaha Creek. She doesn't want that. She wants you to be next door to a high-rise apartment building because she believes that uh, marginalized people oh my have been kept from owning a home. I, I'm drifting. I'm drifting off here. Let's stay with. She's an idiot. She doesn't shovel her sidewalk. Here. Right. Let's stay with oh. the. Uh, let's stay with the St. Paul story. Uh, if yimbies and numtots and new urbanists sound exotic, guess again, a number of political candidates are winning elected office by advocating such policies in part by rallying grassroots supporters to their side as voters, donors, phone bankers, and campaign organizers. Uh, over the past 14 months, St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter, St. Paul City Council Member Mitra Jalili Nelson, and Ramsey County Commissioner Trista Mastis Castillo have all won office on platforms that call for greater housing density. Wow. Because this is where how the salon <clears throat> thinks you should live. Now, I'm all for biking. Go ahead. You wrote a book about repairing a 10-speed bike. But, the, but these lanes aren't being used. Why does 0.008% of the population drive urban planning? Right. Who pushes back here besides you? Just you. Yeah. You're the only person I've ever met that pushes back. Well, the city council is going to roll right over. Well, Kenny, you weren't here Friday. There's a neighborhood in St. Paul uh, out, at, out on the river. Uh, between Jefferson and St. Clair, and it has the streets Woodlawn, Mount Curve, Stanford, and it's a neighborhood built in the early 50s on the site of the old Crosby estate. Uh, Oliver Crosby built a magnificent estate down there. It was called Stonebridge. Right. And it's been torn. It was torn down in the 50s. And these new homes went up there, and they don't have sidewalks. And the city came to them in back in November and said, you're getting sidewalks. Uh-huh. The residents said, we don't want sidewalks. Well, you're getting sidewalks. No, we don't want them. We've never had them. It's not a problem. To make a long story short, because I covered this Friday, the neighbors almost unanimously signed a petition, and they won. Oh. And basically, it wasn't even sidewalks per se. They didn't want to lose 55 trees, mature trees, 100-year-old sugar maples, things like that. That's what gives most neighborhoods their characteristics. Value and equity. All right, so, so they won. They didn't win. The city said, okay, you won your sidewalk fight, but you now go to the last in line to ever get any work done in your streets or your infrastructure wow. here. Mm-hmm. Per our policy. Wow. So, so water mains might start breaking and what have you. 
The attempt to canonize the pedestrian is so overwhelming in the salon that these responsible, high-tax-paying, working parents are told, oh, you, you smart asses, you won your sidewalk fight? Great. Good luck to you. You're now, it'll be 20 years before you get this street fixed. Well, that's just flat-out corrupt. Well, not only that, it's stupid yeah. because too expensive. Wow. Not wanting sidewalks is not the same as wanting your water pipes to be okay. Right. Wow. Right. Uh, that, those are right, two very far apart. Okay, but here, here, here. What, what, what are we learning? We're learning that young uh, people who have no interest or little interest in commerce, uh, they want cheap, high-density, sustainable housing. Uh, they have no intention of owning an automobile, not because they're trying to save the earth, probably because they're cheap or whatever. They like exercise. Fine. Ride your bike. Why are they driving everything when the percentage of those people is so small compared to the rest of the citizens of the Twin Cities? Right. How are, I've said this a hundred times. How is mother supposed to get her three kids around? And these urban planners, unelected, they're activists, they appear not to care about a nuclear family. Well, that's the other thing, especially in that St. Paul neighborhood. Uh, where's the wisdom behind it where whoever is on the council or the board would realize that water main is due to be replaced in X amount of years mm-hmm. and, and not be insulted that they lost on the sidewalks and just go with, just let it go. They got their feelings hurt, so right. now that they're going to suffer. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my kid's 18, Joe. He's had his own vehicle since he was 16, pays for everything himself, and he is the chauffeur among all of his friends because mm-hmm. not one of them has a driver's really? license. Really? Not one. Well, this fellow that's pictured in the story, Tom Baskin, uh, uh, they, they have uh, a sustained Ward 3. They have a planning commissioner, Bill Lindicky, a community organizer, Brandon Long, a core group of about 20 they meet at libraries, community centers, and people's homes to advocate for bicycle in- infrastructure, denser housing construction, and pedestrian improvements. Uh, several members, Baskin included, have joined various political campaigns or the Highland District Council. Uh, when Highland Park homeowners organized against the city's plans to rezone the Ford Motor Company campus for apartment buildings, Sustained Ward 3 took the opposite tack, arguing for the need for more rental housing. Uh, and they they think that uh, what they're doing is fighting redlining. They think redlining still exists. It doesn't. But redlining was the practice of real estate and banking to segregate based on race back in the 60s and 70s. It, that doesn't exist anymore. So they're, they're coming along late with this redlining claim. What does exist is anytime you have rental or low-income housing in your neighborhood, it all, all always drives down the value of all of the single-family homes. But that's, always. well, getting back to Minneapolis in 2040, that's what Bender wants. She thinks it's, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, it, it's, uh, it's too advantageous for people to uh, own their own home when somebody else can't or won't, or doesn't. So me buying low in the mid-90s and mm-hmm. then pouring hundreds of thousands of dollars into the home in order to force the equity, yep. I have to suffer. 
Well, you won't for my effort. You'll be out of that house by the year twenty forty. But future oh, generations I'll be out by the end of the year, my friend. <laughs> future generations, yeah, yeah, are being disabused of the notion that it is a quite natural American f- phenomenon to want to own your own home. That's that's what's being mocked here, in essence, not not literally, but what it's been placed uh, on the burner here. It's you're going to have future generations. It won't even occur to them to own a home. It won't occur to them to own it. And I guess that pleases the people in this well, salon. I shouldn't complain because that's, <laughs> that's why uh, me, guys like me and Reavers, that's why we're landlords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because these idiots aren't going to own their own home. They're going to pay me yep. to live in my home. But can you imagine living, uh, and I know it's student housing, but right here on university where they're mm-hmm. they're building all of these lofts or, or whatever. It, it What's your point? Well, it's not a home. Well, it is to them. I think of growing up and being in a single family no, home. Here's where you're wrong, Rook. That, that's gone by the wayside. There are so many people that want as easy and maintenance free of a life as possible. Cutting your teeth. You, uh, we are not that right. that well, demographic. What did, did Kenny just say? How many kids don't even have a license? All of them. None of his friends well, have those a license. The, do you think those kids want to cut the grass? Do you think they want to paint yeah. a fence? Do you think they want to sweep the garage floor? They don't even have a car. Kids got to start hanging out you know, with new friends. We're seeing more and more. I laughed a couple of times a couple of years ago when I saw it for the first time. These guys on the bicycle that pull these long mm-hmm. trailers mm-hmm. so they can go to Home Depot and buy whatever, and mm-hmm. then struggle at home. But, uh, that's not adult living. But again, we got to get to the bottom of we are being driven politically by the smallest constituency possible. And how why do we let that happen? Because the because this this constituency, however small it is, they turn out the vote, uh, they they propel into office a like-minded soul who also doesn't want to own a home, doesn't want to own a car, wants to make things more pedestrian friendly, wants more bike lanes, and there and then what what's getting lost in all this? The American dream. The traditional family. Yeah, the American dream. But then when you start talking about the traditional family, you're running up against people who say there's no such things. You're running up against people who believe that gender is fluid. You're running up against people who... uh, And that's not even fair, though, Joe, because I know a lot of same-sex couples Mm -hmm. that are all about family. Well, I do, too. Two guys, two gals, whatever. They have kids, and they're all about family. So we can't paint that with a huge, broad brush. No, no, no. I'm not painting with that brush. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you are, we we are sending to the salon more and more members of activist communities. Yep, right there. There. Yep. And, and those activist communities, taken together, I guess they can generate enough votes to propel someone into office. But the point being taken individually, like the bicycle community, which is foghornable, uh, Rook. Uh, I said bicycle community. That's fog. Community still foghornable. They're getting their way, and that's fine. People love to ride bikes. I get it. I, I'm, I'm cool with it. But where are you? Yeah. Where are you? There. <laughs> I, I, every day I go up the, uh, what's the street that I go up the bike lane here? Oh boy. Uh, Pelham? Uh, Pelham. Yes. Pelham. Pelham Boulevard. Never see a biker. And they've got all those In the white summer, things. I barely saw any bikers. Don't they have the white, the stoppers or yeah. whatever they yeah. are, the yeah. lane dividers? Yeah, the street was, was shrunk considerably uh, to provide a two way lane for the bicyclists. Okay, you won. Where are you? I, right. I, I take that road occasionally and I never. Even in the summer, I don't see people going up and down that street. Or more accurately, are these 
people driving this, do they uh, secretly just drive cars in the winter? <laughs> yeah, I'm just they look around in the neighborhood to make sure nobody sees them <laughs> right. getting their car? <laughs> what I don't understand is uh, why do you want to mix with traffic? Oh, you're going 10 miles an hour. Why do you want to be out in traffic that's going 30 to 45 miles an I'm, hour? I'm glad. I don't get that mentality. I'm glad my motorcycling days are over, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I, I, I survived it, and I shouldn't have. I, sometimes I was driving, you know, I was going 60 miles an hour on a motorcycle, and a semi-flatbed would be alongside me with steel beams about six inches from my face, and I would just laugh to myself. Yeah, this, what in the hell am I doing? Yeah, if I live through this, it'll it'll be amazing. God Almighty! Yeah, nice relaxing ride, huh? Oh, okay. <laughs> I just don't understand the mentality of wanting to mix with traffic like that. But whatever, I guess. Uh, Trista, Mata Castillo. Uh, won a seat on the Ramsey County Board. Uh, it would be because of her, her willingness to embrace bike lanes. When I first started running, people warned me about two things she said. They said the incumbent was unbeatable and that I shouldn't mention bike lanes, but I talked about bike lanes a lot. In fact, her communications manager, uh, Ethan Austin, also co-chairs the St. Paul Bicycle Coalition. Without explicitly promising that bike lanes would be added to each thoroughfare, Mattis Castillo made traffic calming, public transit access, and affordable housing on Rice Street, Dale Street, and Maryland Avenue key parts of her campaign. It's not just a luxury. Specifically, people in the North End, many of our Karen refugee, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, it's a refugee community, use bikes, she said. We were at a Karen community meeting, and the ability to bike safely was toward the top of their list. Man, I'd, I'd have other things on the top of my list if I was in the Karen community. <laughs> right. That, uh... She's 27, uh, uh -huh. Trista Mattis-Castillo. Right, right there. Uh, she moved to the city two years ago by way of Minneapolis, a bunch of other cities, in her hometown. I'm sorry, his hometown of, who am I talking about? Uh, you're eight, damn you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The age is what counts there. Oh, 27. Austin. Yeah. Austin. Without a clue is what th that uh, says to me. Oh, uh, was it her uh, campaign manager, Austin? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ethan Austin. Okay, Ethan Austin. He's 27 years old, moved to the city two years ago by way of Minneapolis, a bunch of other cities in his hometown of Lincoln, Nebraska. So he knows nothing about St. Paul. No. Knows nothing about the uh, – St. Paul is still knitted together by very, very strong neighborhoods. Right. Many of them, if not – Virtually all of them. With sidewalks. Single-family homes. When are they going to start standing up for themselves like the neighbor, the aforementioned neighborhood that you discussed on Friday? They all need to get together and well, what, what are they gonna, stop this. They, well, what are they – I guess the only thing you could stand up against now is the addition of all of these uh, bike lanes. They're not, they're not helping traffic. But the people in this salon don't care about traffic. They don't care. The internal combustion engine has been demonized. And we are governed by people who don't want you in a car, which gets me back to, I don't think they care about families. No. I think they care about single 27-year-old people who live in lofts, go to yoga class, and have a reusable grocery bag. Yeah. Because, because they think, I don't know what they think. They think that's what you should be settling for in life. The very idea of wanting to, you know, of trying to become wealthy or successful or, and own a home is an anathema to them. That they see that somehow as uh, growing up. I didn't grow up. I guess. I guess. I didn't grow up until I bought a home. Yeah. And I moved out of the party neighborhoods and 
you know, got on with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to put together that 2040 show uh, with some guests because I, I just think it's that. Who's Lisa Bender? Where, Why is she where was it? Where was it written that she's going to come along and say, by the year 2040, there's going to be no zoning. You can do whatever you want. Because we, we think that too many people have depri- are deprived of, of a roof over their heads. Oh, they'll be zoning, all right. It'll be the zoning she wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I just wasn't made for these times, was I? Yeah, let's come back with Johnny Hyde News. John Hyde, and there is breaking news, John? Well, uh, yes, the uh, charges, the complaint uh, has been filed against Jacob Patterson in the kidnapping of Jamie Kloss and the killing of her parents. Uh, The complaint says that Patterson confessed to killing James and Denise Kloss as well as the kidnapping. Uh, Apparently, uh, he saw he stopped behind a school bus and saw Jamie Kloss. He told authorities, quote, he just knew Jamie was the girl he was going to take at that point. I'll be damned. Uh, wow. Did we know when that was? Uh, that, I don't have a, a timeline for that, no. Uh, he also uh, told authorities he was determined he was going to take Jamie Kloss the night he went to the house and said he was going to kill anyone in the house because he did not want to leave any eyewitnesses behind. Now, the Star Tribune uh, is reporting that uh, he uh, apparently, uh, the father went to the door while Jamie and the mom hid in the bathroom. Uh, Jamie said she heard a gunshot and knew her father was dead. Denise Kloss called 911 from the bathroom where Patterson, dressed in all black, broke down the door and told the mother to put down the phone. Uh, The mother taped Jamie's mouth as ordered by Patterson, and he then shot the mother. Oh, my Jesus Christ. I have a question. Yes. What compelled the mother and the daughter to hide in the bathroom? I guarantee Dad told them to. Yeah. I guarantee Dad said, go hide. Because it's because you just knew. don't get somebody at the door at 1 in the morning. Right. I yeah. guarantee that that's what happened. Dad or, said, or, go hide. Or was the door shot in and Dad quickly yelled to mother and daughter, get in the bathroom, hurry. That's not addressed. I'm guessing that's probably it because the door was shot in mm-hmm. by a shotgun, they said, in earlier uh, a documentation. So, in other so. words, he didn't bother to knock, it sounds like. No. 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 In fact, no, no. she, according to another account, too— she heard the dog start barking, and that's when she got up out of her bed. Hmm. And- uh, court records say Patterson, uh, after killing the parents, taped Jamie's hands and ankles together and dragged her to his car. He put her in the trunk of his car. Uh, she said while she was being held captive by him, uh, he made her stay under the bed whenever he would leave the house, the cabin. Uh, he also apparently had friends over several times, had her hide under the bed in those instances. The complaint states he is charged with two counts of first-degree homicide, one count of kidnapping, and one count of armed burglary. Uh, he is scheduled to make his first court appearance later on Monday, later this afternoon. Well, he's going to rot in hell. Uh, this is the most troubling That's, one for me. This is according to Paul Bloom of Fox 9. Jake Patterson says he kept Jamie Kloss captive under his bed, as Johnny just mentioned, and left his home on multiple occasions, including to attend Family Christmas in Superior, Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, even having Holy his friends shit. over, I mean, well, can you when, imagine? When, well, left behind, uh, I, it's unfair to put this pressure on a 13-year-old, but 
when he left to go to Christmas, for example, maybe he tied her up or something. Well, and it's not like she knows where he's going or how long yeah. he's going to be gone. Yeah. Uh, she also said, remember when she uh, ran away the other day? Uh, she had no idea where she was. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, she's taken there in the trunk of a car. Yeah, she was probably. And then you know. uh, spirited into this dump mm-hmm. in darkness. She didn't know where she was. Yeah. So those charges, and he will uh, be in court. How can a guy? Well, there's evil in the what world. What happens in, no uh, when he goes into the uh, the clink? They take care I, of the guy like so. that. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, did you guys read an account too that his brother? Did we talk about this? His brother has an extensive criminal record. Yeah, that's. And this guy didn't. Yeah, not uh, nothing. At nothing. All, police said. Yep. Have we talked to mom or dad of these two individuals? Do, that you guys not have seen? that I have seen. No, I haven't, I haven't seen inter- interviews with uh, the parents of. The creep. Google is looking at building a giant Minnesota data center in the city of Becker. It would cost at least $600 million and be powered by two dedicated wind farms. The data center, essentially a big building full of servers, was disclosed in a regulatory filing by Xcel Energy, which would play a big role in the project. The Google server farm would create about 50 full-time tech jobs and about 2,000 construction jobs over 18 to 24 months. The Google facility would be one of the largest private construction projects in recent Minnesota history. It would be on roughly 300 acres owned by Excel, near two of the company's coal generators that are expected to close by the mid-2020s. Data centers consume a lot of electricity, and Google would become one of Excel's five largest customers in Minnesota if that project goes through. That, according to Akash Chandanara, Excel's regional vice president for rates and regulatory affairs. Prosecutors say an armed man burst into a UPS facility in New Jersey and took two female workers hostage Monday morning before officers stormed in and resolved the ordeal. County Prosecutor Charles Fiore said the suspect was apparently shot and injured, but the women were unharmed in the situation Monday. Employee Alan Anthony, Anthony Dowling told the Associated Press he heard a fellow worker say someone had a gun. Dowling says he then heard what he thought was a gunshot began to run along with other employees. Fiore says there was apparently a prior relationship between the gunmen and one of the women that he took hostage. Can I introduce something fun? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, please. please. You'd have to be about my age to enjoy this, but a guy named Al Horseman sent me this, and I took the test, and I'll give you the website. It's a 1950s car test, and different panels come up showing four cars, and you have to identify them. Uh, And the the answers are provided. You just have to fill in the right... uh, What I'd be... I would be wasted. You you wouldn't do it. What's the website? The average score is 73%. I think I got about 90%. Ooh. W W W. Thanks for that. Yeah. Wah 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 dot American Torque dot com. And then and then look for game game car show from the fifties. American Torque dot com. And and on that site look for game car shows or the, the car shows nineteen fifty. There now. Yeah. Yep. It's fun. It's a really fun test. Kenny, you might even be too young. That's a GTO. Oh, go, go ahead. What? I don't know. I'm just looking at pictures. <laughs> no, go ahead, Suge. No, it wouldn't be a GTO in the 50s. No. Here's Johnny Hyde. Uh, Everybody knows you. that, Kenny. It oh, wouldn't no. be a GTO no, oh, in the 50s. What I'm well, seeing here, oh. oh, what I'm seeing here is uh, all sorts of different things. Well, you probably games. didn't get to the game yet. No, I'm in the games. Oh. Cars of the 30s, oh, okay. pickup oh, IDs. Oh, you haven't clicked on the 50s uh, Muscle car games. Tail. F- oh, this one would be fun. Tail fins and tail lights. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, TV sitcoms of the 70s? Nope. Nope. Damn TV it. sitcoms. Oh, what a fun site. Yeah, americantork.com. Yeah. Yeah, we, we lost candy for the rest of the newscast. Right. That's what I did. That's why I did this, John. Thanks. <laughs> Rook, you've job, got... job well done, my friend. Rook, what are some of your favorite cars from the 60s? You've got to have a love, quite a few of them. Well, this the is the 60s, 50s Chris. This 50s. is the 50s. You got your Rambler? <laughs> yeah. Johnny, just continue, uh, please. Okay, the uh, government shutdown standoff. Wait, wait, let's ask him one one follow-up question. Who made the Rambler? Oh, that's Chevy. Chevy, <laughs> Chevy Rambler. I remember the one my parents did with that hole in the ground. You can see uh, that. Let me see if I got it. Was it American Motors? Yep. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Well, what would the Nash stand for in front of Rambler? Some guy's name. Was it? I think so. Okay. Uh, Daimler Chrysler. I mean, it's classic. <laughs> 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 Government shut. And by the way, I have a, a news item. I should find that for Joe. Joe, do you still got your uh, stock with Fiat? Yep. Speaking of, uh, oh, what are we down to? Uh, Fiat Chrysler says it's reached final settlements with both U.S. regulators and private class action lawsuits <laughs> regarding allegations of excessive diesel vehicle emissions. Yeah, piping hot stock tip. Right. Don't worry, Joe. According to the automaker, yeah. it'll pay only about eight hundred million dollars to remedy all these claims. Oh, hell, Investing is easy. Now's the time to invest. <laughs> invest now. Time now. For Joe and Pat's piping hot stock take, Mo Money. Catholicism <laughs> has never let me down more significantly. <laughs> the first four hundred million will cover civil penalties. The other four hundred million will be split between consumers and remedy. I took methods. a test of uh, the tail fins and tail lights. Out of four, I got zero. One right. Yeah. Got the fifty-seven Chevy right. Everybody gets that one. What I really like is the 58 Chevy because they really toned those fins way yeah, down. They brought them in. And that's, <laughs> that's a, just shut up. And they went to a dual horizontal tail light. Right. Yeah. yeah. Just like a looking at the horizon, but two. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. John, the, the gov- yes, the stop, Joe. Stop the children. No, no, John's no. John's no. trying to do a newscast. Jo- uh, Joe, the 59 and the 60 Chevy. Can yeah. you picture those? They yeah. look like grandma's glasses, yeah. remember? Yeah. Those are the sexiest yeah. fins of all. Yeah. yeah. The laydown fins. Yeah, they're out this way. Yeah, yeah. The uh, government shutdown standoff appears to be harming the president's approval rating. The Rasmussen Report's daily presidential tracking poll for Monday shows that 43% of likely U.S. voters approve of President Trump's job performance, 55% disapprove. Latest figures include 32% who strongly approve and 46 who strongly disapprove. His overall job rating has been falling since that Oval Office address last week calling for enhanced border security. Minnesota man is facing charges after allegedly exposing himself at a hotel and a bar in Florida. Hmm. 47-year-old Jason Teets of Burnsville is awaiting a court. Excuse me? Teets, T-I-E-T-Z. He's a popular guy. Awaiting a court hearing on five counts of lewd or lascivious exhibition, uh, one count of trespass after an incident in Clearwater. Apparently, he'd been kicked out of the Hyatt there mm-hmm. for failing to pay for his stay. So he walked across the street. So to the, he whipped it out. Well, pretty much. Uh, he walked across the street to the Barefoot Beach House bar and sat down <laughs> in a cabana. Then five underage girls told police they oh. saw him standing with his swimming trunks around his ankles using lotion to, uh, you know. Please himself. Protect himself from to the sun. Get the suntan lotion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I burn easily right here, so I got to be careful. Apply <laughs> lotion vigorously. This, uh, <laughs> this all happened just four days after he oh. was allegedly found naked and doing the same thing on the rooftop of the Hotel Zamora in St. Pete Beach. I'd like to be closer to the sun. The 47 year old walked out of the hotel elevator, apparently completely naked. 
before he approached the hotel balcony, uh, proceeding to touch himself while an employee waited for a manager to get there. That's a, that's enough of this story. That's enough of that one. Yeah. 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 He was arrested once in South Dakota for the same. So. Wow. The Yahoo! Coming back to the Twin Cities for a mm-hmm. concert that'll have a bit of a twist. The British Rock Vets confirmed a new tour today. That includes a September 6th date at Excel Energy Center on their newly announced tour. That means Daltrey's broke again. It'll feature, yeah. <laughs> It'll feature a symphony for accompaniment at every show. No, along with that's, songs that's from a, not right. Along with songs from a new album hmm. and what the band is calling deep cuts from older albums. Uh, tickets for the show the go, deep on cuts. go on sale. Does Pete still Friday. do the windmill uh, thing, oh, John? Oh, sure he does. Yeah. Isn't he worried about his arm just come <laughs> rocketing off? And, <laughs> is Ringo Starr's kid their drummer? That's correct. Yeah, he's Zach, pretty good. Zach Starkey. Yep. Although I'm... I'm of the belief that Ringo was a pretty good drummer. Yeah, I agree. He I actually agree was. Yeah. yeah, he just looked like a knob. Right. <laughs> uh, tough deal. Well, you have to admit his songs aren't very good. I, I like some I mean, of come them. come on. Like... We all fast forward through the Ringo songs. I, I like some of them. Stick your yellow like submarine right up here. Yellow wow. submarine. You do that if you seem to enjoy it so much. Oh. A tough deal right here. A woman in Texas banned from a Walmart after employees called police because she was riding an electric cart around the parking lot while drinking wine out of a Pringles can. There you go. <laughs> Get back inside. Perfect That's disguise. For Nobody some reason, when I read that, it reminded me of our old friend Angie. Yeah. Because Angie's the one that would take a, b- a box of wine, and it, that wine actually comes in a bladder, in a bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah She'd sure. take the bag out, put it in her purse, yep, and right. then run a hose up the strap so she could walk around <laughs> slurping wine. She was dedicated. Mom, huh? Mama's got to get hers. Yeah. <laughs> um, John, that should go in your uh, story it, it collection. It should. I yeah. agree completely. Uh, the Times Record News, to make it even uh, more fun, reports that the authorities were called at about Nine in the morning, oh. all this was happening. Wow. It told police. Was she uh, a uh, big girl? <laughs> Pringles can. <laughs> told police that the woman had been there since about 6.30 mm. in the morning. Uh, police eventually found her at a nearby restaurant and uh, told by police she was banned from the Walmart location. Pacific Gas and Electric, PG&E Corporation, yeah. or yeah. the biggest U.S. power utility by numbers of customers, said Monday it's preferi- uh, preparing to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Ooh. For all of its businesses, as it faces potentially crushing liabilities, I thought to, climate change caused those fires. You uh, mean PG and E was responsible? PG and E apparently was responsible. I thought yep. it was climate change. The uh, company's shares were down forty-eight percent in early trading today. PG and E faces widespread litigation, government investigations, and liabilities that could reach thirty billion with Ooh. a B dollars, according to the company, accounting for damage from fires last year in twenty. 17. Did you see where 30 Democratic congressional lawmakers flew to Puerto Rico over the weekend, this weekend, for a winter retreat and to meet with 100 lobbyists and corporate executives? This is <laughs> ah, while the government's shut down. Good, good timing. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of electricity, did you see this the other there day? There were Democratic lawmakers, including their families and chiefs of staff, flew to Puerto Rico on a chartered 737 jet oh. on Friday. Well, you know damn well that we paid oh, for yeah, that. that, that oh. They didn't. Where they planned to meet with 109 lobbyists and corporate executives, attend several parties, and see a special showing of the hit Broadway play Hamilton. Those <laughs> uh, those attending the retreat, hosted by the Congressional Hispanic Caucus, a bold pack, also partook in some business, including attending a roundtable to discuss Hurricane Maria cleanup. So this was probably what uh, President Trump was alluding to when he said the Democrats are out partying. Oh, mm-hmm. I, okay, yeah, that does make mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. No, I get yeah, it. Yeah, execs there from Facebook, Amazon, Comcast, R.J. Reynolds, Verizon, Microsoft, Intel, Pharma, 
Those are all be great boards in to addition, be on. In addition to representatives from major unions like the National Education Association. Just, they're just, they're, you know what they are, those Democrats? They're, 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 they're for the people. They yeah, represent they the really people. They really are. They Getting represent there, the people. Figuring out what this buzz is with Hamilton. We yeah. got to see this yeah. and just figure out what's going on <laughs> yeah, around here. Yeah. Good for them. That's right. Uh, speaking of electricity, uh, did you see the story the other day, uh, Joe, in the Wall Street Journal? I'm Ru- sure I the did. The Russian hackers? Yeah. Able to infiltrate various utilities and companies in the U.S. and what authorities are calling a probe into resources. Uh, Robert Silvers, former assistant secretary for cyber policy at Homeland Security, said, quote, <laughs> what Russia has done is prepare the battlefield yep. without pulling the trigger. Absolutely. How's that make you feel? Not good. U.S. government hasn't named the utilities or other companies, but the Wall Street Journal identified small businesses such as Commercial Contractors, Inc. in Ridgefield, Washington, and Carlson Testing in Oregon, along with big utilities like Bonneville Power Administration. Two of the energy companies targeted build systems that supply emergency power to U.S. Army bases. Hmm. Russian campaign triggered an effort by the Federal Bureau of Investigation and Homeland Security to retrace the steps of the attackers and notify possible victims. Some companies were unaware they'd been compromised by the Russians until government investigators came calling. Others didn't know they had been targeted until contacted by the Wall Street Journal. Is a plague of locusts... Uh that's a bad thing, isn't it? That would be a bad yeah, thing. That, yes. was always that, that would be bad. Yeah. It's happening. I think more than one is bad, even, even a couple. Uh, a huge swarms of locusts recently descended on Mecca, Islam's holiest site, filling the air and landing on worshipers. Uh, videos and pictures posted on social media show the bugs descending on the great mosque in Mecca, uh, where millions of Muslims gather every year. Uh, one of the images shows the insects flying at night, illuminated by lighting, lighting from the mosque. They are also seen flying in every direction and landing on people. And another picture shows the locusts covering the walls of the mosque. Isn't that that's not a Ooh. good thing? Is Can it? you imagine that's... anything more creepier? No. Just being covered with those things. We got any water turned into blood or anything plague, like that? Plague anything else? Of, uh, plague of locusts. Isn't uh, that uh, one of the signs of the apocalypse? I think it is. So. Plague of right. locusts. Yeah. And then the the who coming back on tour? Isn't that one of the signs? I think as well? so. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the introduction of Google's Waymo self-driving cars in the test city of Chandler, Arizona, has sparked a new kind of road rage: human versus robot. Oh, that'd be fun! In the past two oh, years, there have been 21 instances documented by local police involving people harassing the Waymo vehicles since the cars began sharing the road with regular drivers, like brake checking them or something. Well, they, uh, in one instance, a man waved a pistol at a Waymo oh, vehicle well, as no, it passed his driveway. Don't do that. When uh, they've been stopped in traffic, tires have been slashed. Some have had rocks thrown at them. And a Jeep ran a Waymo car off the road six times, according to the Arizona Republic. Waymo's the self-driving car division that spun out from Google X. It's been in Chandler since 2016, trying to perfect the autonomous vehicle's ability to use cameras and computer systems to stop, accelerate, change lanes, turn, and more. During road tests, a person does sit in the driver's seat just in case safety calls for human intervention. The vehicle is easily noticeable with clunky hub of light detection and ranging technology on top. Okay, okay. Question for mm-hmm. Joe. You did this story earlier in this uh, segment about these kids who are passing these laws and changing our world when they don't have driver's license. Mm-hmm. and they Are these the kind of people that will end up in self-driving cars? Yes. And... Will you need a driver's license to own and be in a self-driving car? I don't know. This is where we're headed. Yep. These two cultures. That's are That's a great question. No, these two cultures are made for each other. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. The self-driving car movement was not made for me. 
Oh my, who is it? Yeah, it's made for these twenty somethings that don't have license, who have no interest in owning a car. I don't. I don't even like to ride with other people driving, let alone a car driving me somewhere. Yeah, you end up crossing the river twice when you don't have to (laughs) cross it once. Got you there, didn't I? (laughs) Well, eventually. (laughs) After a long walk. Did you guys see? Was it in Utah? The, the driver that was trying to do the bird box challenge. I don't know what that is. The it's, bird box. It's a, the I Netflix, know it's a movie, right? Yeah, yeah, Netflix thing that just won the Golden Globe with it's Sandra Bullock. Flick. It was all right. So she she blindfolds herself to try to drive because that's the new thing now, Kenny, is you're, you're trying to test your limits by, by blindfolding well, yourself. Well, that's ridiculous. Uh, I agree. I'm just Did saying. Did you watch that. Springsteen, Rook? Uh, not yet, oh, but we yeah. will. We gotta find a time where we can watch it through. But really, that's on the list. Dancing with the Stars was on. You that enjoyed one? it, Joe, uh, huh? I really I enjoyed it. Oh Good. my word, the parallels were uncanny. Uh-huh. God Almighty! I wish I could have seen one of his live performances in what New York, but you couldn't get a ticket. For background him. me. Uh, Netflix uh, uh, filmed Bruce Springsteen's show on Broadway and is now offering it on Netflix. Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. It's two hours of him singing and telling stories. And there, uh, he tells a really good story. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen clips from it, and the way he talks, and just about his success, and you know, he—it's he, a self-detrimental, and he's—he's uh, he's very. It's, it's That's fun. what I thought, Kenny. He uh, couldn't wait to get out of the town, Asbury Park. Self-detrimental. And he now lives ten minutes from there. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and he sets that joke up perfectly. He does. He really yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. Mister Born to Run. Mm-hmm. I live ten minutes where I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, Apple iTunes will allow you to rate us, so please check it out. Also, garagelogic.com is our home base for you to check out some of the extra features of the podcast. Garagelogic.com, one click away for more Garage Logic podcast version. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.